Hey, welcome to The Blank Show. Each week we look to fill in the blank. I'm your host, Matt, and I am here today with Brian Gear, student pastor, a.k.a. youth pastor of the <laughs> Word Community Church. Brian, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. All right, so I have one question. I need you to settle it for us today. Okay. How tall are you? Well, according to my... My player records, I'm 6'8", but last time I went to the doctor, I was 6'7", and my kids keep on yelling at me that I'm 6'7", now making fun of me, so I think I'm going to have to roll with 6'7", and change is where I'm at. 6'7", and change. I was, you know, since I have been in Alabama, I have heard, uh, like, 7'2", <laughs> I have heard, I have heard, uh, about six twelve, and I'm like, well, that's just seven foot. It's, just but, seven foot, but it's a funner way to say it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a way to say it. So I'm glad we can finally uh, get to know that the reality is not eight foot giant, but no six six foot eight, six foot seven, and change. Yeah, I always wanted to be six ten. I just felt like that was like a you know double digits in the inches would have been nice, but I never quite made it there. <laughs> Never couldn't couldn't quite push your yeah. way up that way. I'm just at, at that annoying height where I have to duck for most doors. You know, <laughs> I don't fit in almost any vehicles, but it's, it's not like a cool number to say I'm like six ten. You know, like, <laughs> that was the dream, and I fell short. There's just some gusto behind six ten. <laughs> yeah, six six eight yeah. is just just a hair short. If I was six ten, I could have been somebody. You know? <laughs> well. Uh, things I know about Brian Gear, passionate about the next generation, and so I know you got a lot of kids who look up to you. <laughs> uh, see, see what I did there. And so uh, I guess, what's it like talking to the next gen? Um, I think the biggest part about talking to the next gen, like the thing that I focus on the most, is. Uh, not repeating the mistakes of the past because I think a lot of us are trying to say like you know do this because it's what I did or like we project on them like what what we had or like you know any conversation that starts with well back in my day you know <laughs> um, but really like asking like making sure they're asking themselves open-ended questions about their future you yeah. know like getting them to think critically and stuff like that and that's what I'm really the most passionate about and where I feel like you know, even in the education world, you know, ignore Christian education for a second, the best educators are the ones that get their students to think critically. Yeah. So um, that's really my goal is to get students to think critically about their faith, think critically about their future, think critically about their education, their goals. You know, that's, that's what I love doing. But in order to get the ability to talk to them, you have to have a little bit of street cred, you know, <laughs> and, uh, some you, six foot ten street cred. Yeah, six ten street cred. So I got two inches to make up for, you know, but and change. But um, you know, that's 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 the life of a of a student pastor is yeah. Earning the right to speak into their lives and then helping them ask the right questions. Yeah, I kinda like the the whole thought process of of kids thinking critically and I go I know you guys are recently kinda digging into the Bible and translations and uh, you having a Hebrew background, yeah, probably helps uh, yeah. talk about all those different translations. And yeah, being a Jew historically hasn't worked out for a whole lot of us, but for me right now, it's doing pretty well. So, <laughs> yeah, 
I yeah, probably is. Yeah. I feel like you're doing, yeah. you're like, doing pretty good. Every story in the Old Testament starts off with, hey, the Jews were stupid and they did <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Let's see how God fixes it for them, you know? But yeah. right now in life, it's working out okay, yeah. you know? Sometimes they got in their own way a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of kind of dinked around and all of a sudden they're uh, yeah getting wiped off the earth, I guess. But I feel like being a middle schooler or a high schooler is a whole lot like being a Jew because it's like, you're going to biff most things that you do. Yeah. You know? But there's always a chance for redemption. You yeah. Know? So. So education, obviously, and thinking critically. And so I guess uh, when you're trying to help students and you're trying to help, uh, we like to say next generation. I don't know why that's stuck in my head, but it is. Next gen. Next gen, when you're trying to help the NG. I don't know if that's <laughs> the new cool way to say it. <laughs> I'm trying to help the MG. You just invented it. Maybe we did. Maybe it's something new. It was brand new. Uh, what's <laughs> yeah? Let's do. Our you heard it here today. Yeah. First people MG. It's coming up. Uh, so what are if you got people who are maybe interested listening today about helping and kind of maybe getting into that street cred or getting into that ability of how to talk to that MG? What are what are like two tips that you could say like? Um, I, I, for me, especially, I, I work with a lot of young youth pastors um, and I have for a really long time done like coaching with them and networking and stuff like that. And the, the two things that I tell every single one of them is that the first thing that you gotta be is real. You know, I think we focus a whole lot on being relevant and like we almost fake it to be relevant. Um, but I think that next geners, they have the ability to see through that real fast. Um, and it used to be like, I see through it and, you know, I'm going to put up with it, but now it's like, I see through it and I hate you for trying to be fake, you know? Um, back in like the nineties, we called that, you know, being a poser, you know, could be a poser, bro. Yeah. Growing up in Florida, like, you know, if you wore like Quicksilver or Rusty or whatever, Vans, and you didn't surf or skate, you got <laughs> you got just ridiculed until you you know went back to wearing a pocket protector and Lacoste. You know, like that's what you you know that's what happened. Uh, but now, like they'll just cut you off forever. You know, so um, before they try and be cool, I just tell them to be real. You know, yeah. be real. And then the second part, which I think is the problem with you know parenting with with teaching with everything, is to be consistent. Yeah. You know, um, be who you are all the time and be active all the time you know like if you want to engage in someone's life because they're going through a hard time they're not going to listen to you unless you're engaged in their life when they're going through an easy time right you know um, you've got to be consistent in their life and consistent in your life if you yeah. want to be successful in reaching the next generation riding the waves yeah for sure wearing wearing the vans and yeah and and surfing along be what you is but, but yeah not being a poser kind of a fine line i guess i've kind of always hated that about churches and i used to hear it when i first started really getting back into church was just fake it till you make it yeah. and that would just frustrate me to know right. no. and i'm like no i <laughs> like and that just makes me want to choke you yes like that's what and i'm like i just don't understand i guess looking at like jesus i go that if, if that's who we're going after he doesn't really ever I don't. I don't feel fake when we're talking about like, you know, savior. And you just go. 
he was uh, really real with a lot of people. Yeah. And kind of just broke it down. Yeah. We lived life with him. He didn't like yeah. pretend he was just man with yeah. people. He was like, no, I'm God and man. I'm the son of, I like, I'm the son of man all yeah. the time. He didn't hide it in some places and bring it out yeah. and be extra in other places. He was the same dude all the time. I love that. I always, uh, I think, looking at Jesus when he was a young kid and Mary's like, hey, how, as a parent, can you leave him for like three or four days? And then you go and find him in the temple and he's like, whoa, Mary, like, chill out, I'm teaching. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, as a 12-year-old kid, I'm like, come on, man, like, way to be mean to your parents. Yeah. She's just like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be like, you know, we talk about how hard parenting is nowadays. And yeah. I'm like, well, at least you didn't have to raise Jesus. For real. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of the, the little cartoon of him, like, taking a bath, and he's, like, standing on top of the water. Oh, water. <laughs> and she's like, I just need you to take a bath. Just get in the water. Gosh. But when it comes to the next gen and being real, what do you think? Again, obviously times have changed since we were, you know, in our... 15s and under, yeah. 15s to 18s, or however you want to classify next gen, maybe 12 to, to 18, 11 to 18, something like that. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest thing facing like next geners now? Um, I think the biggest thing that they're facing now is identity. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, it's been one of those things where you can see it coming. Mm-hmm. Like as, as we got closer and closer to today, um, you could feel this just shift in the way that people thought about themselves, you yeah. know? And I think, you know, I think you and I wrote Children of the 90s. And, <laughs> yes. You know, like, music was a whole big, huge part of our identity in that age, you know? Like, grunge was at its highest, yeah. punk was making its way. Like, people identified through all different sorts of music, and, like, punk pop had, like, risen to the top of, like, all music, you know, like girls listen to it, boys listen to it, yeah. you know, everybody, and like, so you, it, but it was all about like the struggle, you know, and now nothing is about anything real, you know, the music is about nonsense, it's, you know, <laughs> mumble rap, right, and it's like, you know, you know hip hop back in the day meant something, yeah. and now it's like, you're just talking about a gas pedal, I don't, you know, it's like, <laughs> just saying that a thousand times over and the guy who wrote that song oddly enough he's like yeah I wrote real stuff but nobody listened to it <laughs> and then I wrote this dumb song as a joke and it sold and I was like that's so crazy you know but that's what it is we got this you're told you have to identify with something you can't you know you can't be like a social butterfly anymore you know like there was always clicks but it was never like you have to be part of this and can't mix with anybody else right. you know and then it's like because I identify with this one thing, anything else that exists is like an offense to my identity. And so we just got all these people that are just so wrapped up in this this idea of identity and it's really counter to what the to what scripture tells us, you know, because if our identity is in Christ, then our identity has to be in everybody else, you know, right. and in loving on everybody else. And to love everybody, you gotta understand everybody. But you can't understand anybody without being one of them and being anything besides that one thing is an offense to them. So it's like, it really is just this incredibly 
difficult time to be a Christian and a student, you know, to be a Christian and in the next generation because it's offensive, like more so than it ever has been. Right. Um, and not because you're being a Christian, but because you're being something different than what everybody's being told to identify as. Yeah. You know? So I think that's the, like the the hardest thing for them to think about, you know, is they're being spoon fed this. Right. And aren't being allowed to think critically about who they actually want to be, you know? Trying to navigate all the different things and who you want to be and what you want to do. and Yeah. <clears throat> navigating uh, high school was hard enough when I was there, and I don't think high school was very hard. No. I went. But now I look at it and I'm like, they're just facing a lot different challenges than yeah. I ever had to face. And, yeah. But... Not saying that my challenges were harder or not harder, they're just different. Yeah. You know, and that's just how it goes. I know you and I are both kind of passionate and we see it as a real epidemic when it comes to church, but so many kids walking away from faith, you know, shortly after high school. Yeah. And getting into college and starting to make decisions for their own lives and things like that and then just starting to go I don't know if I want to be in that church or a church or any church or yeah and just struggling with that and so facing that ep- epidemic what uh what's something that you you want to do to help combat that well I think the the reason that, that I think that happens is because of what we're talking about right now you know like and you know the 90s I think really started to tip Christianity this way when they did like the it was when I first started going to church. It was like, it was probably 2001, 2002. Yeah. But they had these burn parties at churches. I don't know if you if this made its way out to Texas, but <laughs> they would get all your secular music and they would burn it. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, you know, break yourself away from everything that isn't Jesus. And like, <laughs> and like, I, you know, looking back, I get where they're coming from, you yeah. know, because like, you know, be in the world, not of it, but you know, yeah. all these different things that, you know, if you take it too far, that's where you're going to end up. But now it's like anything that could be possibly contrary to the Bible. Yeah. Like, not even is contrary, but could, might, somehow, in a little way be. You have to cut it completely out of, the, out of your life because they're stupid and they're evil and, like, all these different things. And so what happens is, is when you quantify everything as being stupid or evil that's against what you think, well, when you run into somebody who's actually intelligent and you have a huge appreciation for who they are and they think differently than you all of a sudden your whole world comes crashing down yeah because well i thought all you people were stupid right i thought all all you people were evil but you know you're this really nice person and this really smart person that believes something different than me how is that possible um and so i think a lot of it is because we're not teaching anybody to think critically we're telling like hey run away from it instead of engage it and right. wrestle through it and figure it out um, and so I think that that's a, a major part of why we have the drop off in the first place yeah. and um, so what I'm really passionate about is having this kind of conversations you know right. um, I had the opportunity to do some like work with a local restaurant and uh, I got to like redo some menu items and create some things and I absolutely loved it but while I was there I got to hang out with the kitchen staff yeah and if anybody's ever worked in the kitchen they know that's like (laughs) 
the grimiest place, not like physically, but like yeah. you know, the people that are attracted to that kind of work are usually people that have kind of hit rock bottom. Right. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we just have fun and talk and hang out and I would never bring up the, you know, well, I'm actually a pastor. I'm just, you know, doing this for fun, you know, right. to try and figure But that was like, what's different about you, man? Like, and it was like that stereotypical, like you, you want people to, th- you know, realize you're different and talk, you know, and uh, every single one of them had grown up in church. Right. You know, um, all of them were addicts for the most part. There's like two guys that were clean. Um, and they were just struggling through life, struggling through all these different things. And I was like, you know, what ha- what happened? Like, where'd the breakdown come? And they're like, well, you know, I just, I never really thought for myself. And so I went to college and I met all these people that encouraged me to think for myself. I just didn't know where I landed. And so I'm just kind of floundering, yeah. you know? And it really was like, you know, I brought up because everybody knows this story, like Christian or not, or, you know, raised in the South or not. Everybody knows the story about Moses wandering around the desert. You know, it's been used in movies and pop culture forever. Everybody understands the idea of a wilderness, you know, and what they had done is they just walked into a wilderness. It wasn't that they made up their mind to leave. They just made up their mind to not have their mind made up, you know, and that was kind of like where they were at. And I feel like that's where most of the walk away comes from. So if we can encourage students to think critically for themselves yeah. and to not give them the answers, but to give them questions that they should be pondering and should be wondering. Should be wondering. That's a big deal. Yeah. Lynn's trying to come in and, and interrupt and so that's why. <clears throat> I do, uh, it's always kind of, I like critical thinking, and I like that um, since both of us working here, I feel like we have done a fairly decent job of trying to say, hey, how can we get, what kind of foundation do we want to set in kids? How can we expand on that foundation in youth and students? And then now we're even trying to go even farther and say, hey, college and young adults, and then into I guess elder adults, I don't know what, <laughs> regular adults, I our RA ministries. Yeah. But even then, I just go, I know you and I had a conversation way back when I first started, and that, one of my questions to you was like, hey, what do you, for kids to be successful in your programming, what do you want them to know as they're coming out? And it was really basic for you. It was uh, love God and love people, and kind of how to find your way around the Bible. Yeah. And realistically, it's those two small expectations, and then you just build on from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, man, it made me go, Brian Deere has something like, you know, obviously with little kids under, and now in the fourth grade and under, it's kind of hard to start. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that I go, it's hard. Anytime you, you think about, like, Solomon, I'm like, how are you supposed to explain yeah. Solomon to, like, yeah, he was really wise, but man, he really liked to have a bunch of sex. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, how do you, you know, do yeah. I, maybe some fourth graders were ready to have, <laughs> like, those talks, but then I yeah. go, so, you know, I hate that we almost kind of have to cherry pick it a little bit and go, yeah, Solomon was really wise, and then you yeah. kind of get to, get to dig into the nitty gritty of it, but I go, I don't know, I've just always appreciated it that, it was just those two simple things. A, how do how do you find your way around a Bible? Yeah. Which, for me, when I came back, that was a struggle to me because I would look at it and I'd go, 
Proverbs 3 5, like, what the heck does that mean? Right, yeah. You know? You like need, is this, is this like the cheat code to right. get, you know, like, like, yeah. And, you know, especially with kids who have, I didn't grow up in church, and so coming in uh, more of a young adult and going in and you start looking like, man, is this like a stupid question? Like, yeah, it's just one of those things you should know. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, I think the church, just like most businesses, struggle with insider language more than they struggle with just about anything else. And um, I think, you know, I I love fighting. Okay, fighting is like my athletic passion. Um, I can, you know, give or take football or whatever. I, I mean, I loved it, obviously. But, you know, fighting is one of the things that it's so easy to relate to everybody because everybody can understand it, you know. Right. If I were to tell you to go get, you know, get into a cage with somebody and fight, it would be very clear within a few seconds whether you had it or not, you know. Yeah. Um, but the people that are truly great in, in that sport are the ones that understand the fundamentals yeah. and have those things right. But if you try and add all this crazy stuff on without having the basic fundamentals, you're going to you're gonna get, you know, handed to you. Mm-hmm. You're going to struggle. Now, basketball, you could have, like, a weird-looking shot, and it works for you, and you're fine. You know? Uh, fundamentals aren't as important in a lot of sports, but, like, when it comes down to that, yeah. if you don't mind your P's and Q's, you're going to sleep, you know? <laughs> and so there's, there's, like, this immediate reaction, but I feel like that's how it is in the church world. You know, like, if when you come into a church, unless you mind your P's and Q's, you're going to get left just completely off, and yeah. you're going to have no clue what to do or where to be, and then that impending feeling of like pressure of like oh, I'm supposed to know these things you right. know if I want to get into heaven I can't ask a question you know <laughs> like it's like this this weird you know line that we build but it's really I mean that really is what it is and yeah. so if we can do building blocks and fundamentals at the early age instead of trying to teach theology and teach all these right. you know different things you know school's the same way yeah you know and that's one of the things I think like you know we we think students are too stupid to understand theology uh, you know, like six through twelve graders, we're teaching them AP calculus and, and chemistry and how the world was knit together. You know, but we're scared to teach them about theology because they're yeah. too dumb to understand. You know, but like it's it's one of those things. If you had the building blocks, right, you can really do something with it. But you can't understand calculus without understanding addition. You know, yeah. so it's like I think we can challenge them a whole lot more than we are as long as they have this like real positive foundation. You know. Yeah, I think you're always going to have, like, positive moments in any kid's lives when you give them the ability to, like, question it. Yeah. Because, you know, inevitably questions on their faith are going to come up, and it's going to come up when you aren't around. Yeah. You know, and hopefully they, especially if they're coming through both our programs, we get to say, hey, we've created some building blocks. We've helped them to critically think, and so when they come into these moments, we get to go... We've given you the tools to be a successful Christian. Yeah. And you just have to actually put them to use. Yeah. It always comes back to choice. But I have always appreciated that about I think that's one of the best things I have seen in our church in a long time. Especially in terms of hey, we want students and kids to critically think about their faith. Yeah. And that it's okay to have questions regardless of what it is. Yeah. Well like the other night I asked point blank, I said, how many of y'all have ever had doubts about your faith? And we had like two people raise their hand. And my statement was, well, then you guys have never wondered about it then. Yeah. Like you've never actually thought about your faith. 
Oh, it's crazy, man. And I was, and then I was like, be honest, don't be scared. Knowing that I've said you're supposed to have doubts, how many of you for real have had doubts? Yeah. And the whole room finally raised their hand, but they were so scared of saying that, you know. And I was like, name some of your questions to the jet, and they had like real hard questions. hard questions. Yeah. That like take a long time to like work through, and I was so proud of them for that. Yeah. And the second like a couple of them started sounding off, everybody was like. I thought about that too, but I didn't think I was allowed to ask. I was like, dude, any question you have, you can ask. You know, I was, it, it amped me up because yeah. I could see a whole room of kids that are ready, you yeah. know, that are ready to have the real conversation. And man, that was exciting. So, yeah, I'm sure it almost took this, like, brought this breath of fresh air into it the room. Did. And I'm yeah. starting to go, oh, yeah. like I'm, I'm unpacking this pressure that they have had. And For so, sure. Yeah, I remember like, uh, it was a few years ago, but I was teaching in like uh, the preschool area, so four and under, maybe maybe he was five, and he was, and he just blindsided me, and he was like, hey man, where, where'd God come from? And I'm like, I'm like in the middle of teaching a lesson and he's like, you know, raising his hand, doing it, doing it politely. And I'm like, Hey man, what's up? And he's like, Hey, where'd God come from? And I'm like, you know, so you're just like, Oh gosh, why is a five-year-old? And I'm like, I'm like, well, he's the creator. He didn't come from anywhere. And he's like, yeah, but how can he create if he, he and I'm like, how do you explain to a kid? Like, you're trying to box God in. And yeah. Like, unfortunately, you can't. But yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I wish I would. Looking back, I went, man, what would have been a better way to, like, yeah. talk to this kid about, like, hey, you got to think of God, like, outside of the, like, what you're trying to do. But, you know. Yeah. Fortunately for him, like, uh, I, I'm glad he's asking questions now, and hopefully he'll continue to ask questions as he goes on. And I'm just like, oh, kids, kids are really smart, and they're really innocent. And they're really simplistic. And I think, you know, we do a good job of complicating things. We do them. an excellent job of making things way too hard and complicated. I, you know, that's church 101. If you, if you can complicate it, that's the way you're supposed to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's just, just how it is. So uh, thinking back through your, you know, you have a ton of experience, especially dealing with the next generation and I like to talk about uh, God moments. And so, and God moments for me, I go, usually I know, like, God's there. I get, you know, I, I feel the hair raising on my elbow or, you know, some people feel like that breath of fresh air or yeah. the peacefulness or tell us about a God moment, especially in terms of the next generation that maybe you've had, let's say, in the last six weeks or maybe six months. Um, I think a... Uh, you know, one of the the cool things I get to do is I get to go like lead worship at camps and stuff. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's this weird thing that happens when you get out of your normal drudgery of mm-hmm. life. And um, we were at a Christian schools retreat uh, that they were doing, and it was a couple hundred kids. You know, and um, we're playing music. And one of the things we focus on is having fun when we do those yeah. things. And uh, it's a room full of Christian kids. I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see on the podcast, but Christian kids, yeah. you know. And um, 
when we fir- finished the, the first set of the first night, kids were like begging us to keep on playing. Yeah. Which is, you know, usually like the music part of those weekends is just to, to have fun and to jump around or whatever. But they missed that that feeling yeah. so much that they just didn't want it to stop, right. you know? And we sat there and worshiped for an hour, you know, maybe even longer. We like every song we knew, we just sat there and did. And it was like all of us in the room for just a little while yeah. had given up on entertainment, had given up on checking our phones, given up on anything else except for being there right in the moment, right in the pocket with God. Yeah. And um, it just kind of reminded me how deep <laughs> students can be. Yeah. You know, we we look at them thinking like there's these shallow phone addicted yeah. now 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 people, but I think that there is such a a deep desire to just have so much more. You right. know, uh, that when they get a taste of it, they they don't want to stop. You know, and I that was like one of the the kind of eye opening moments for me and a reinvigorating moment for me was that you know what we're doing with students is so in, integral for setting them up for the rest of their life because mm-hmm. then if you can get them to to let their guard down long enough to have a true honest moment with God where they're like really spending time with him yeah they're going to remember that the rest of their life and they're going to know what his presence feels like and they're going to know that there's something worth chasing and something worth investigating and something worth fighting for um but after that night we had so many of those students afterwards say like dude i've been in church my whole entire life i never knew that god was like real yeah you know and that was kind of has been the biggest like god moment for me was just that 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 time not necessarily like you know my experience but the experience of everybody that was there you know just it reminded me just the depth of yeah how God's made us and you know how we do have this deep intricate desire for him and for you know all that it was that was huge for me a reaffirming your faith type of moment yeah it was like a mountaintop without any of the emotions <laughs> you know like we get these mountaintop moments in life but it really just like on an emotional high yeah but this had like I had no emotions towards it at all I was you know I was having fun playing music and yeah and spending time with people and just loving being in the moment worshiping God and just experiencing it but it, like it wasn't my emotions that were amped up it was just like a moment of awe you right. know and I think that's when it like it's almost like the absence of emotion and just this like pure understanding in a moment you know because um, I think most of the time when we say you know these God moments we have they're basically emotionally built you know but this was so different for me because it was just like yeah well you got to be there and you got to experience it for sure a bunch of different people and I always you know I think it's it's funny I mean I'm sure it's not funny to God but I go it's funny how God works in our lives sometimes and I go even when I'm like you know this is just in a church setting you know sometimes you go this is just what I've been thinking about lately and then all of a sudden you're like hey I've been thinking about that same thing and you're like I just go that's how that's how God's interconnecting us and like trying to tell us hey idiots like (laughs) that's what I'm trying to tell you to do like stop being stupid and yeah 
I think it's cool to hear like those moments where you get to go like not only did you and your man like get to experience that but then a bunch of like kids and I'm sure there were other adults who were all there experiencing that same thing and I go man look how cool like look how cool God is that he goes in this moment these hundreds of people like I want them all to like feel my presence yeah you know well like one of the teachers you know they they came up at the end of the weekend they were like I've forgotten why I was teaching you know yeah I totally forgot why I was teaching and I made it about work or the grind or whatever and I forgot why I was here you know I think that's what parents struggle with yeah on the daily Mm -hmm. you know because you get stuck in the grind dude and it's like you forget and I think ministry people who are in full-time ministry and part-time ministry part-timers it's a whole lot easier because you've got something else to anchor you outside of you know the grind but it's like you forget you know and just those moments of clarity that God gives us is just such a beautiful thing um feel sitting that just enjoy it yeah when I'm talking to people who like are thinking about going into full-time ministry or uh, part-time ministry or anything I always I call it their wins I'm like the thing about ministry is you got a whole lot of your wins for like longer than you you would in a regular job Mm -hmm. because I go but the wins are so much more impactful for you yeah that I'm like, you, you just get to hold on to them and you'll stack them away. And when you're in those moments of crisis and you're starting to go like, I don't know if this is for me or like, I'm just ready to, I want to go flip burgers and make my life yeah. easy and, you know, <laughs> not have the responsibility and you start, and I just go, you go, you always go back to those wins and you yeah. start saying like, these are the moments that made it worth it. And those moments will take you through yeah. like the rest of your ministry. I think there's like, you know, we look at the Old Testament, whenever God did something great, there was like a monument built there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, sort of little known fact, and Ebenezer, that's what that is, it's a pile of stones, yeah. so like that song is like, here I raise my Ebenezer, that's what they're talking about, like here's, here's this moment that God did something yeah. huge, and I'm going to build something to remember it, and somewhere along the way, we forgot to celebrate, you know, yeah. we forgot to make a big deal about yeah things and and you know i think it'd be a little weird if we were just like you know you and i after having this great conversation went outside and stacked some rocks up but it'd be <laughs> like you know that we need to celebrate we need to yeah. like to have that back in our lives and not feel like we you know especially for those of us in ministry instead of celebrating anything we really just go on to the next thing and right. the next thing and the next thing so yeah, kind of around here we always say Sunday is coming. Yeah. And so I just go, Sunday's coming. And, but, yeah, there's many a wins that I look and I go, that's what's going to get me through the next six months. And yeah. So, and that's just, just how it works. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's kind of all I got for you. Thanks for chatting with us today. and For sure. Helping to fill in that blank. And I guess uh, Facebook or or anything you got you want people to be able to find you or you can say no to that <laughs> yeah Facebook you can Facebook me Brian Gear or you Instagram is me I'm big at big Brian Gear big Brian Gear yeah so as a as a tall guy do you like being called big or is that I'm like, a big guy too I'm okay, okay with it yeah it's a, it's a term of endearment for you yeah well like 
uh, I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University, <laughs> and uh, there was six Bryans on our freshman hall. Nice. And um, everybody had to live on campus there. That's like part of their thing. Everybody lives on campus. Uh, the first year, you can't mm-hmm. live off campus. And so you had all these guys just slammed into a hall together. And uh, with that many Bryans, nicknames had to come about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was... 6'6 six, six at the time, almost 6'7. And, uh, you know, 290 pounds. I was just a monster. And yeah. so everybody went by their last name, except for me. I was Big Brian. <laughs> and so until Facebook came around, nobody even knew what my last name was. Like, even, you know, teachers and stuff referred me as Big Brian. Because yeah. um, I worked for the university, everyone there called me Big Brian. And really, when Facebook came out, I was kind of like, oh, your name's. Brian Geer. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> you know? It's not even G-E-A-R. Yeah. It's G-E-R. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, People would call me and be like, hey, I'm calling for Big Brian. I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know, they'd want me to come speak at a school. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, I'm like a, like a, I'm not even, I'm like Cher. Like, I have an alter ego. I'm not even. <laughs> no, no more last names. Yeah, it's just, I'm just, just Big Brian. Just two first names. Yeah. Um, so when. I got older and people wanted to know what my last name was. I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be Big Brian Gear. Got to give it away. Well, cool. Instagram, Big Brian. Big Brian Gear. Big Brian Gear. Big Brian Gear. G-E-E-R. Check them out. Thanks, man. Sure, buddy. Thanks for having me. You've reached the end of another episode of The Blank Show. Make sure you guys check us out at TWCCAlabama.com. And don't forget to check out next week as we fill in another blank.